Good morning and welcome to today's podcast. Today we are talking to Deanna Kozarov, a licensed social worker in the city of Chicago for 16 years. Deanna finally began to work on her own healing journey and was able to heal her own relationship with food. She now coaches other women to work on intuitive eating so that they no longer have to go through the on-again, off-again diet cycle, stressing over food, and she's now helping to instill wellness habits without obsession. Welcome, Deanna. Good morning, Deanna. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, I have so many questions for you. You've got um, a really interesting story. So I'd love to start with your backstory and maybe share with our listeners how you went from social work to now working with women who have uh, difficult relationships with food. Sure, yeah. So I was really interested in the health coaching field. Um, I think that interest started like back in 2016. Um, At that time, I wasn't familiar with intuitive eating and food freedom, but I did know I wanted to be a health coach. So um, I kind of sat on the idea for a while. Uh, I was like, okay, how am I going to go about doing this? I was watching a lot of trainings and webinars and like, you know, how to get your clients and how to put a package together. And then finally, I pulled a plug and I signed up for a six week health coach certification course. Mm -hmm. Um, and then did that kind of sat on that a little bit more, got some more, you know, trainings. Um, there were so many freebies out there on learning on how to, you know, be a coach and how to get clients. And then I did the master, uh, certified health coaching certificate in 2019. It was like a six month, a six months program course on advanced techniques and coaching. So I did that and I finished that up in November of 2019 And then I took my, I gave myself a little break because that was like a six month intense um, course, you know, and plus I have, you know, a daughter and family and juggling all that. So I took a little break and then I told myself, okay, in March of 2020, I'm going to start back up again and kind of get this started. Um, And then of course, March, 2020, we all know what happened, pandemic, lockdown. So all that got pushed in the back burner. Um, I was still, you know, uh, trying to keep up with um, just, you know, some of the trainings I would run into and, you know, like different tips on, you know, how to get clients and whatnot. But I really had to put in the back burner, um, had two deaths in my family. It was just like really, um, it was a really wild, wild time. So, um, but in the meantime, I was, um, I did uh, sign up. I did invest in legal contract templates through this lawyer and she had some coaches on there with testimonies. And I noticed they were intuitive eating coaches. And so I was like, Mm. oh, that's interesting. What is that all about? So of course I went into a rabbit hole and, you know, was looking into their their stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Like I didn't even, haven't even thought about it that way that you could approach health in a non-diet way that doesn't involve restricting calories and, um, you know, cutting off foods, you know, and they, they just seemed like they were so happy with their lives and the testimonies that were coming out of their clients, like they just seemed very happy and very content and had this joy. So I was like, okay, so let me get into that. And there was a book that they were always, um, 
recommending, um, it's intuitive eating. It's actually called intuitive eating. It's by um, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. And so that's pretty much like the holy grail of like intuitive eating that book. So that's how I got started. Um, I got, you know, I bought the book, read up on it. And uh, yeah, I just uh, started, I got my LLC in June of 2021. And, um, and from there on, I just started working on my business. Huh, very nice. Yeah. So can you actually um, take a step back and talk to us a little bit about your own history with eating? I think so many women can relate to issues around food, myself included, for sure, for many years. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's a continuous struggle. It just changes and evolves. Mm -hmm. um, could you maybe share your history with it and maybe how you were able to overcome some challenges? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been dieting since I was 14. Um, I recall, um, cause when I was around that age, I played soccer, I was in dance. So, um, I, I really don't know where I thought that I needed to be in a smaller body in order to be accepted. Um, I mean, I think the first messages we get is like from our parents and from, you know, especially when you're in sports and dance, um, I'm imagining that's where it all came from. So I did every diet like under the sun, like that you can imagine. Um, and it was really when I want to say when my father passed away in 2020, like really, I mean, it took that long. Um, and then learning about intuitive eating, that's when I was like, I think let me back up. When my father passed away, I think that's what really propelled me to be like, okay, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to focus on intuitive eating, even for myself. I think life is too short to worry about calories and missing special moments with your family, just because you want to skip out on, you know, having cake for a celebration and things like that. Um, I just think life is just way too short to have to be really restricted with food and being on diets all the time. And I just didn't want it to go that route anymore. Um, I just, especially after learning about intuitive eating, I did feel that you could still lead a healthy lifestyle without dieting or weight loss. Uh, there's definitely, um, definitely a way to do that. So um, I think that was where I kind of changed my shift and how I wanted to view my, um, my health um, in general and stop yeah. dieting, but it took a long time. And that's normal. It's like some have been dieting like all their life. And mm -hmm. then they all of a sudden, like decades later, they, you know, these decide they just don't want to diet anymore. So that's, that's normal. Um, yeah. To come, to come to that point. So. Can you tell us a little bit more about intuitive eating for those who don't really understand what that is? Yeah. So intuitive eating, um, basically has three main features. Um, one is uh, relying on internal cues to address hunger and fullness, um, having unconditional permission to eat all the foods when hungry, mm. like all foods fit. There's no cutting out any foods there. No, there's no morality to foods. There's no good food, bad food. They all fit and um, not eating so much for emotional reasons, but more for physical reasons. Um, so that's pretty much intuitive eating in a nutshell. Obviously there's more to it. 
yeah. um, intuitive eating, um, the two dietitians that came out with the book intuitive eating, they have 10 principles that they outline in the book. And then they go really deep into those principles. But in a nutshell, that's basically what intuitive eating is just using your internal body wisdom to yeah. address hunger and fullness and satisfaction. Because so much of disordered eating is just wrapped up in emotional connections with food, which we, it can. Um, that's, you know, so much of it has to be, um, th that's a lot of the work that we have to do is kind of separate mm -hmm. the emotions from, you know, relying on food to kind of soothe our, our soul, I guess, so to speak. Um, so I did look at your website and I like that you talk about health being all encompassing in terms of not just physical health, but mental health, emotional health. And you also mentioned spiritual health, which I like that you mentioned all of those things. And I think a lot of people can understand the first three components, but for many who see that they see spiritual health as just religion, but spiritual health is a lot more than that. Can you talk about what you mean by spiritual health and, and keeping that healthy and maybe how you do that? Sure. Yes. Um, so spiritual health, I mean, it could be any, any way you want to define it, you know, um, whether as you believe in um, a higher, you know, if you believe in God, or if you um, have another way of being spiritual, I think, I think spiritual is very individual. And it could um, mean something different for everyone, you mm -hmm. know, so um, I think that's, yeah, that is the part that I think people do kind of leave out and assume if I'll just keep dieting, but then if your, you know, emotional, uh, mental and spiritual um, health isn't there, then there, you know, the dieting and the restricting foods is not going to, yeah. is, is, I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to help you be, you know, healthy overall. So having a holistic approach to health is, is the best way to go. Yep. And let's talk a little bit about yo-yo dieting. Um, that's a cycle that people are on for years and years, and it can go from childhood to late adulthood before people make some kind of a switch. And whether it's, I think there are a lot of different ways, right, that you can you can change your relationship food with food, whether it's learning about intuitive eating. Um, for me, I've, I've found a little bit of help with intermittent fasting, just to in order to kind of remove food from the thought process and the equation a lot of the time and focus on other areas of my life. Um, but yo-yo dieting is a cycle I think that we can find all of ourselves in. Can you talk about like the damage that you think yo-yo dieting can do to just our minds and our bodies? Yes. Yeah, so um, they have came out with um, studies that 95% of these diets don't work. Mm -hmm. And not only do they not work, that you do gain the weight back. So yeah. your, your body is very smart, actually, when, when it sees that you're restricting cap, you know, food and calories, it's think it doesn't know that you're on a diet. It thinks, oh, there's famine or start, there's a famine going on. I better protect, I better protect the body. So yeah. let me hold on to this weight. Cause I don't know when my next meal is coming. There's some famine going on. They don't know that yeah. you're on keto or some other diet. So then that's how, yeah. you know, then, you know, they, you retain the weight. Um, and then you, of course, people, there's a cycle where it's like, you try to restrict, you know, you, you try to restrict, then of course you start to have the cravings and then you end up binging because you haven't been really eating. Then the site, then you start feeling guilty for binging. And then what do you do? You then go back to restricting. And it's just a cycle that um, that needs to be broken. You know, you need to eat. Our bodies need to eat. 
under yeah. eating? Is that the way to go? <laughs> it's not. I'm glad you described it like that with the full circle and including the shame because that's such mm -hmm. a huge part of it. Um, yes. And, you know, in the meantime, we damage our metabolisms and absolutely ourselves that our body is getting used to like something unrealistic, like 1200 calories. And then you can't lose weight unless you go below that. And that's how no. we end up breaking ourselves. It's, it's so silly, but uh, you just don't realize that when you're stuck in it. Okay. So what about exercise and physical health? What does exercise mean to you um, or just moving your body? Yeah. So um, I know diet culture perpetuates, you know, also workout culture, which they try to make it seem like you need to work like hours and hours at end every day in order to have this like ideal body and to shrink yourself and to have this idea, like if look at me, I'm working out every day for hours on end. I'm 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 good. I'm a you know yeah. good person, but that again, just like dieting, um, I know I have personally where I was going all hard and trying to go to the gym every day, and then I end up falling off the bandwagon, and I just then don't exercise for days on end. Mm -hmm. So um, it's intuitive movement is also part of the um, intuitive eating kind of mm. aspect. It's just uh, finding like movement that um, you find joy in. Cause when yes. you have, when you choose a movement that you find joy in, you'll want to do it. Yeah. Um, and even Dr. Sears um, says the best form of exercise is the one that you like to do. And yeah. I always go by that. Um, so um, I like to um, encourage my clients to come, uh, put together what is called a movement menu. Hmm. So I don't know if you've heard of that term, no. but it's basically so like a, you know, like a restaurant, you list the types of activities that you love doing. And then on any given day, you kind of take, you know, just like a menu, you say, okay, like, how do I want to move today? Let's see, do I want to walk? Uh, for me, it's like walking bar. Um, I like doing bar, riding uh -huh. bikes. So then any given day I choose. So what, how do I want to move today? How do I want to move my body today? Let's see, do I want to walk? Do I want to do bar class? Do I want to ride my bike? And you just, you know, based on your intuition, how you feel that day, you kind of choose from those options that you chose yourself that, you know, that, you know, you'll truly enjoy. And I believe that's the best way to sustain um, moving your body. Yeah. So, I love that concept of a menu. Yeah. I might have to adopt that myself. Yeah. Um, cause I, you know, I think the same way and I'm, I'm, I was hoping you would describe it as finding joy in what you are doing. You should enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise nothing's sustainable, right? If we, if we're doing something as a chore. Yeah. Um, but I do like that menu option because I do tend to fall into routines with things that I like, but there are times when I find myself at body pump class and I'm like, I, I don't know if I can do a whole hour of this and my mind's all over. And then I think, why am I here? Why am I doing this today? Right. You know, leave right. and go do something else. Yeah. So um, this is something that I like to ask when I get a chance, but as women, well, at least I do, I love to know what other female entrepreneurs are doing throughout their day. Like, what does a day in the life look like for you? And I know our, our days are, are very vastly different at times, but if you could describe a typical day, what does your day look like? Typical day? Okay. But yes, it does vary. Um, I do try to, before um, my daughter goes to school, I try to wake up in the morning before the house does to work out. Uh, it doesn't always happen. And I do listen to my body. If I didn't get sleep the night before, then I, I table that for the next, another time or the next day. But that's typically what I like to do. I do like to start off with my mornings 
um, drinking warm lemon water, not because I think it's going to detox me. It's just, I actually like the feeling of just like warm water first thing mm. in the morning, just to get like my body, like, you know, going, you know, like perking up with that. Um, and then I do, um, I, then I, you know, try to make some kind of a breakfast, which I feel I'm very adamant about breakfast. Like when I hear people not eating breakfast, I'm like, no, you gotta <laughs> eat breakfast. You have to eat breakfast. Like I really, really push for that, you know? And then, so I do make a, some kind of a breakfast. And then once that, then I, um, sit down and check some emails and then I get up and take a break, have some coffee, you know, make myself coffee or, I'll step out and take a walk to my neighborhood coffee shop and get some coffee. And I'm getting my walking in this week too. Oh, you're so lucky you can walk so, to your coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. I live in Chicago, so I'm like close to everything. I also walk my daughter to school and that counts too. That's if really you're running, nice. Of course it does. Yeah. If you're running errands on foot. Count that as your movement like that. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like a, a formal movement in the gym where it's like okay no, of course this, not that's what they do in so, europe right they're not all running around oh, yeah. like we are on treadmills. yeah they right they walk everywhere yeah their treadmills are rare there for sure mm -hmm. so um and then i work on my business i um either maybe we'll post on social media um something inspirational or helpful um or i'll maybe i just uh, recently formed a website so i'm going to probably start blogging um, providing some valuable content to my audience. Um, and yeah. And I try to take breaks throughout the day, getting up from my chair, you know, even yeah, if it's like, yeah. even if it's like five minutes just to like go to my kitchen or something. Yeah. So it sounds um, like you do a lot of like block scheduling too. I tend to, a lot of yes. women who work for themselves tend to do this and we all call it different things, but just chunking, you know, time yeah. seems to work really well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to your coaching. So if you were to start coaching with someone, whether you're coaching me or, or a woman who has just come to you for the first time, and they're still kind of stuck on the yo-yo diet train, they hate exercise, and they're just sick of it, and they've kind of resigned themselves to the fact that they're never going to lose weight, they're never going to be happy, and this is what their life is going to be like, what would it look like to start working with you? How do you begin your work? So one of the things I do address is their thoughts, their beliefs that led them to their thoughts. So as I believe um, shifting our thoughts and doing that shift mindset shifting can really affect how you feel about what's going on, which then will uh, result in the action that you're doing. So I tried to help them start, I, I start out by helping with their thoughts first, yeah. their thought process and go from there and just yeah, keep asking questions why. Yeah. Otherwise it's like working backwards, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is a question I ask everyone and I love um, hearing the answers to these two things. So throughout your journey from social work to where you are now coaching women, um, being a mom, all of the things wrapped together, what has been your greatest challenge so far? And you can speak to any area of life um, and what on the flip side has been your greatest joy? Okay, the greatest challenge. I think my greatest challenge is trying to be there for everyone all the time and be good at it. Yeah. Um, but I am trying to move away from that all or nothing mindset. Um, I don't think 
work-life balance is even a thing. I think it's more like work-life integration, you know, just kind yeah, of just like making, that. Yeah. yeah, just kind of like a puzzle, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, but that was like the biggest challenge is like finding the time to like really, um, you know, really sit down and promote my business and work on it and get out there uh, while everything else is kind of swirling around me as far as responsibilities. So I yeah. think that's, um, but my biggest joy is, um, I have to say, like watching my daughter, watching me doing all this, she actually yeah. emailed me. She actually emailed me this morning. She's like, good luck on your interview. I love you. Like, she's, I love she, that. They're watching us. They're they seeing watching. everything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think just giving her that kind of like positive, like role model um, example that, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. It's a challenge having to juggle everything and making sure everything is done, but um, but yeah, I think that's the, the biggest joy I'm seeing is like seeing her lighting me, seeing, seeing me lighting myself up when I'm doing this kind of work and her yes. actually witnessing that. It's so powerful. Um, How old is your daughter? She's going to be 10 this month, actually. Oh my gosh. The that's big great 10. that she's yes. paying attention like that. My, I have three boys, so I don't have daughters, mm. but, um, I think there's a different kind of influence you can have with a daughter, of course. Um, as a mom, but my boys are 25, 22, and I have a 14 year old, but they pay attention as well. Now, one of my oldest son is living in Poland right now. Um, And my uh, middle son is just graduating from college. And he has been living in the city of Philadelphia going to college. But I noticed when I started the podcast, that I got messages from both of them. Um, I saw Poland come up on the analytics and I was like, oh, Poland. And it didn't dawn on me that it was him, but he had found it. And he was like, he right away sent me a message. How did you start doing this? What's going on? I listened to this whole thing. And how come this one episode is locked? And I said, because you're nosy and I don't want you to listen to that one. (laughs) Um, And my other one gave me this complete like engineer's, you know, perspective of of what I'm doing and wanted to know kind of the logistics of all of it. But they're both, I can just see they're like, they're intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of cool. Um, So I do like that. Now, what about, um, I like to ask everybody if they have a book recommendation. So if there's a book that you would recommend um, according to the work that you're doing, and it could be something um, around eating, um, around um, just lifestyle changes, whatever you want to speak to, something influential. Yeah, so definitely get on board with the intuitive book, yeah. the book called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. Another book is called Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. That's another good one. And then another good one is uh, called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. Okay. Yeah. That's another good one that, um, that I recommend. So I would say those are the three one, the three that are are pretty good books to um, really, if you want to really get, want to get to know about like intuitive eating and food freedom and the whole non-diet movement. Okay, good, great. So the last question I have for you, of course, is where can women connect with you online? If we wanted to find you, you said you are, you have just started a website. So why don't you maybe share your website with us? Sure. So um, my website is my name. It's, you know, DeannaKozarov.com. And I do have, you'll see a section where it says gifts for you. Um, I have mm-hmm. two free, two freebies. Um, one of them is actually a template to create your, to create your movement menu. That's oh, one nice. of the freebies. And then another one is like how to kickstart your food freedom journey. It's a very simple, quick read. Um, Cause I know we're all like busy and we don't have time. So that's a really um, 
a good quick uh, free guide that I also offer on there as well. And then I am mostly active on Instagram with same name. My handle is Deanna Kozarov is my Instagram name on there. Okay, so. good. So I'll include that, of course, in the show notes of the podcast and also in the notes. Um, I'll great. have a link um, in the YouTube video as well. Oh, great. Thank you. Good. So this has been great. I enjoyed talking to yeah. you today, Deanna. Thanks so much yes. for, for being here and sharing with our listeners. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.